Hi everybody, my name is Ashley. And I'm Mark. And we work at the Free Spirit Collective, which is a integrative psychology and wellbeing centre here in Dubai. And this is our podcast, Say It Out Loud. And all we're trying to do is break down the basics and help dispel some myths around mental health and wellbeing. And it's really short because we know that life's busy and who wants to listen for a, a podcast for an hour and we're going to condense it down for you in 10 minutes. <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to Say It Out Loud. We're on episode 28 and as always it's a big theme but what we've been talking about recently um, after this series um, we're going to start having some of the other FSE team on to go into some of these topics in more depth. So Today we're just touching on this topic within 10 minutes. It's hard to go into any huge amount of depth, but as always, there's useful things, thinking points. So say it out loud, Mark, what on earth is trauma? I hope you heard that collective sigh of relief where we did say that there will be other people on the podcast. It's not just us. Not just us. Yeah, like, thank God. We stuck with them for 28 episodes and now we can hear... From other people, which is yeah. nice, yeah. So we will get some more of the team in. And we'll still be there. We'll be here. We'll still we? be there. <laughs> yeah. Fear not. <laughs> we'll still be here. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, um, trauma, um, obviously a, a very tricky subject to feel, to sort of do merit in, in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You could do a whole hours and hours as you say a series um related to trauma so um let's let's have a look how we get on um trauma in itself is it's an emotional response um so one of the most helpful kind of i always like like a an image or a metaphor of something to try and relate or understand a concept and years and years and years and years and years ago somebody said to me that like that we have the sort of the emotional part of the brain and the rational part of the brain trauma is when an emotional response gets um into the rational brain so they shouldn't you know they can be one side or the other and it needs it just needs processing and um so it's an emotional response to a very negative event Mm -hmm. so it can be an accident it could be the loss of a loved one it could be some kind of physical or sexual assault it could be serious injury or illness a a disaster Uh, it could be war it could be violence really anything can create trauma Mm -hmm. Um, and no two people will experience the same trauma in the same way Um, Mm -hmm. so for example um, we could be in the same I mean heaven forbid we could be in the the same car accident yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Um, and I might come out of it with um, post-traumatic stress disorder and you might not Mm -hmm. or vice versa or whatever so it really is an individual response there's no set way you know it's Mm -hmm. not like it's a checklist and you have to experience this this and this and therefore you get to graduate into the realms of trauma Mm -hmm. um but so people who experience trauma respond in in different ways so some of the signs and symptoms they include um sort of spacing out um and and dissociating see that really a lot within um yeah trauma cases it's just too painful mm-hmm. connecting to the reality of um their trauma 
um, is just too painful. And if you look at uh, Gabor Mate, who's mm-hmm. um, an amazing, amazing person to sort of try and understand um, trauma and does an amazing job of explaining it, you know, he talks about addiction and he said addiction doesn't exist without trauma. Um, and if we look at what addiction is, it's an escape from reality, essentially. Mm-hmm. And again, that kind of um, spacing out or dissociating, I will do that through, you know, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be, you know, anything else that people um, struggle with in terms of addiction because that trauma is there and it's too painful. Um, People also might be easy to startle. They might have difficulty sleeping. I think uh, trauma can really invade our dreams, mm-hmm. and it's it it feels kind of unfair that we're so powerless over our sort of dream space. And it should be, you know, sleeping is supposed to be a nice thing, and it's about mm-hmm. you know getting into a nice, comfy bed and. Yeah. You know, that's it. And then all of a sudden, our trauma turns up in our dreams, and I'm scared to go to sleep. I'm having nightmares. I'm having flashbacks. You know, um, mm. it's um, yeah. So they can people that have experienced trauma can really um, struggle to sleep, um, difficulty concentrating, uh, and it can really impact our relationships as well. Um, um, particularly if we've we've experienced um, sort of sort of abuse in, within our our past, it makes it very difficult not to bring that trauma um, into our relationships and, and try and separate it out. Um, but in terms of how we treat um, trauma, there are many different methods um, in therapy to um, treating trauma. Um, one of the things, sort of the movements, I guess, that's got uh, a lot of traction recently is a, a therapeutic technique called EMDR, and that is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's um, it's actually really cool. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that I'm I'm trained in, um, but I know we have clinicians at, at the Free Spirit Collective that are, and there's lots of um, EMDR therapists across Dubai. So you you know you can take your choice you don't have mm-hmm. to just to come to, to FSC but so what is the MDR it, it involves moving your eyes in a specific way while you process the traumatic memory so when you're making that eye movement the EM um, it is trying to yeah reprocess um, the, the memory and as I said so the trauma is the emotional uh, memory in the rational brain mm-hmm. so it's trying to reprocess that and what it does is by making those eye movements it mimics slow wave sleep so when we're in a slow wave wow. sleep it calms the amygdala the amygdala is the emotional part of the brain it's the oldest part of the brain it's what we have share in common with with reptiles um, and so it is just that complete emotional response but when we're in slow wave sleep it allows the calming of the amygdala and then allows our brain to synchronize with the rest you know with the the rational part with the rest of the brain and then we can process the traumatic memory we can put it there'll still be the emotion that's attached to the trauma but we put it back into the sort of emotional side (laughs) and then we can process the, the emotion and also to create some 
some rational narratives around it too, particularly if we're thinking about relationships, um, that this person was not my abuser. Mm. This person has not done this to me. They have not shown, you know, uh, this behaviour to me. But when when that emotional part is what we're um, sort of basing our behaviour on, it has no logic. It has no rational. That's the, the whole thing about emotions. They literally have no logic. So what this enables us to do is to try and access some of that rational mind around our, our trauma as well to try and create you know, some more informed, I guess, um, decisions. Because when people have experienced trauma, they respond from a place of trauma. When they respond, their behaviour is from trauma. It's not them as a person, it is their trauma. Mm-hmm. So, what, again, what we're trying to do is to allow that person to respond from themselves and, and not from their trauma. Gosh, in EMDR just sounds like a fascinating approach, doesn't it? Like, I've heard of it, but I don't know nearly enough about it. Um, But how interesting that can be so supportive for people that have experienced trauma. Yeah. Um, So, again, it's hard to... Any stories or anything, anecdotes you want to share about trauma? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, I think, you know, just in terms of that, the progression in therapy, I think it's, you know psychology is a field that's developing all the time and it's been mm-hmm. it's great that we've got these different treatment methodologies and we can help um soldiers that have been to war mm. for example we know the impact that, that that has and to be able to offer them sort of way forwards and integrate them back into normal life is is lovely um and absolutely where we should be focusing um some of our attention but in terms of stories um yeah I just kind of wanted and I know I, I touched upon it in the last episode um I was talking about codependency um and I was talking about attachment types and um you know when we have experienced um some uh, trauma within our childhood it really impacts our attachment style um and I said in in the last episode that it, attachment style starts really early in life the first you know six eight months to two years is such a crucial part of our development really up to five to be honest with you Mm -hmm. is is such a crucial element and will create the different attachment styles we have four different um attachment styles um and uh one of them is secure it's sort of i guess it's the attachment style that um is is healthiest but when we have experienced um, um, trauma within our lives, sometimes we, we might be anxious or we might be avoidant within uh, our attachment style, which will really impact our relationship. So um, if we're avoidant, um, for example, we'll let people get so close, but we've always got this kind of force field around mm-hmm. us. And we don't let people um, in close. We don't let them know the real me. Um, anxious attachment is we're always scared that they're going to leave um, and uh, um, yeah again it's just it's very common that in couples you'll have one anxious and one avoidant um, as, a, as an attachment style and how that plays out in the relationship um, but there's also a genetic element to sort of uh, attachment as well 
Um, and research indicates that up to 45% of the variability in anxious and 39% in the avoidant adult attachment style could be explained by genetic causes. So it's not, you know, in the whole nature-nurture debate, it's not all one side or the other. Um, but I guess it's if you are something to kind of think about, I'm sure that people who have experienced trauma are very aware of their trauma Um, but I guess the story that I'm trying to sort of share is to think about how is that trauma impacting um, the way in which we connect to the world how is it impacting the relationships that we have um, the friendships that we have is it is it causing some some difficulties within within our lives and then if so what is it that I need to do um, in order to try and mitigate some of this or to try and process some of it because trauma it really does need therapy to be honest with you to um, to help uh, you know make sense sometimes or to create space it's not that we can take it away we can't sort of men in black you know when they hold the pen and <laughs> you know and wipe it although that to be honest with you, sometimes that, I think it, it, <laughs> sounds like a good option. Well, sometimes with trauma, that's what the brain tries to do. Yeah, exactly, it really does. Yeah. But we can create space for it. We can mm-hmm. validate it and process it to try and sort of reduce its impact. And what I think is a really valuable point there is referencing the early childhood development. You know, six to eight months, eighteen months, two years, up to five. Because I think often there's a misconception that trauma has to be something that's really massive, you know, mm-hmm. war or abuse, yeah. like you say. And I was at a training course before, and because I'm not a therapist, a lot of these terms are new to me, but talking about big trauma, mm. big T, little T, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so when you're growing up as a child, things can happen that can be deemed as traumatic, but you mm. wouldn't necessarily... That's it. That's label it. them as trauma yeah right? that's right it's not just and it's a you know a really important point to make it's not just those big sort of experiences it's, mm-hmm. it can be the prolonged exposure to you know really unhelpful things and um yeah absolutely um and i guess that kind of takes us into that little practical takeaway yeah. that i was uh, kind of thinking about in relation to trauma which mm-hmm. is trauma needs validation that's ultimately what it needs in order for us to try and sort of move forward in our lives with it. The last thing we need is shame. And just in relation, I guess, to that big T, little t trauma is that sometimes when people have experienced trauma, they compare their trauma to other people mm-hmm. and they say, I didn't have it as bad as this yeah. person or look at this. And it just doesn't help because your trauma is your experience trauma is forever and will ever be a individual experience and if it's traumatic for you then it's traumatic for you and let's let's deal with that so mm-hmm. wherever you are whoever you are if you have experienced trauma please try and provide yourself with kindness with love with compassion because that's how we're going to move it forward nice Well, thank you as always for listening. We hope this episode was useful and we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Thanks. 
thanks so much for listening everyone we really appreciate your time if you want to get in touch with us please feel free to reach out either via Instagram at the Free Spirit Collective or on our Facebook page or check out our website at thefreespiritcollective.earth from our Instagram and website you'll find out our community events so if you're in Dubai it would be lovely for you to come and visit us at the centre on Happiness Street 